Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Pack Filler once again brought to you by our friends at Scratch Labs. Scratch Labs. They've got a new flavor out that I have just, I honestly just ordered last night. So I haven't had a chance to try it, but I'm really excited to try it. Strawberry lemonade. It just, oh, it sounds like it's going to be just perfect. Perfect, especially when the weather gets warm and we can actually go outside and, I don't know, ride our bikes. Big thanks to Scratch Labs. Scratchlabs.com is where you can find their products. Also, big thanks to our friends over at Gooder, the sunglass company that gets the joke. They've got new models out in the theme and in the styles of, get this, the new Wonder Woman movie. The titles of their two... uh, offerings of glasses the future is neon and party like it's 1984 both polarized anti-slip really good looking glasses and they're only 25 bucks a pair get on over to gooder.com g-o-o-d-r.com without further ado it's time for a pack filler Hi there. It's time for a, another beacon of bike-related entertainment. Why did I put myself up too high of a pedestal there? I don't know. Hey there, it's Pat Bulger in the Packfiller Studios. I am all alone, as I guess we're all supposed to be. How are you holding up? I hope you're getting some saddle time. Either outdoors, alone, be alone when you are riding outdoors, or you're making it work indoors, using one of the formats to not go absolutely insane whilst on the what we called in the old days turbo trainers. Did I say this is the Pack Phillip Podcast? I did. I think I did. And then I just did. You guys, I think I take the blame for this. I think this entire pandemic is my fault. 
I just realized I took a fitness test on on the Sufferfest. I don't know if you guys are involved with the Sufferfest, but I, I I got on there, took it, took their new Sufferfest fitness test, and I'm in. This is why I take blame for the pandemic because I'm in better shape than I was last year at this time. I have a new cycling kit, I have new clothes to show off, and I planned a dream trip, as I probably told you many times before, to go to the classics. We were going to see Perry Roubaix. We were going to see Flanders. I know I'm beating a dead horse, but I, I've just come to the conclusion that this entire pandemic must be my fault. No, I didn't eat a bat or create something in a lab, but depending upon your perspective on conspiracy theories, but everything was just going perfectly, and and then this happened. So I, I am the Charlie Brown, and I will take the blame for everything. So uh, send me your nasty emails for creating a, a global pandemic. We're supposed to be in the midst of the spring classics right now. I think the Belgian waffle ride was also supposed to happen just yesterday. In fact, I saw uh, Ted King, who's been on the podcast before, has set up this virtual gravel concept. I, I don't know if I've got the name right. You can look it up yourselves. But in honor of these events happening, he is going out and he's encouraging others to go out on the days that the, these events were scheduled to happen and competing or riding the distance of those events and Belgian waffle was yesterday I think it's 140 miles and Ted went out and did 140 miles on gravel and um, another buddy of mine who's been on the show before Brent Soderberg an old teammate of mine uh, went out and did it 140 miles of gravel all by your lonesome and I think that's pretty badass but it's it's just you know, it's a, it's a tough time, and hopefully we're all going to get through it, right? And everybody's getting creative about how they're getting through it. Pros are trying to get creative and stay on top of their game. Hell, I saw Mark Cavendish did an Everest challenge on Zwift. Ten hours on Zwift. Cav, climbing mountains. We're all trying to figure out a way to get through this. And um, as today's guest had stated, they're not only doing things creatively, creatively, creatively uh in terms of of training but they're also i from what i understand doing a hell of a lot of podcast interviews <laughs> and um today's guest is is somebody who has been doing a lot of those and today's guest is also somebody i consider a person who as as i like to say gets the joke i said that about gooder in the entry uh, in the intro and i i think this guy gets the joke he he's highly competitive yet he's not afraid to sometimes laugh at some of the situations we all find ourselves in. Doesn't take it all 100% seriously, even though he's a hell of an incredible cyclist. So you guys, EF Education First rider and current standing national champion, Alex Howes on the pack filler. All right, today's guest is, and I hope he takes this as the compliment as intended to be, is one of the uh, great characters of professional cycling. He's a winner of stages in the Tour Utah, U.S. Pro Cycling Challenge, and as well as the U.S. current U.S. national champion, where the Stars and Stripes for Team EF Education First. Let's welcome to the show Alex House. How are you, sir? Doing great. Hey, Patrick. Hey, well, you know, before we even get rolling into this, um, how are you holding up during this time of, of global pandemic? Oh, highs and lows, highs and lows. You know how it is. I think, uh, yeah, everybody's kind of in the same boat in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's like some days are some days are you like, oh man, I got all this free time. This is great. And then other days, I don't know. You, I don't. <laughs> like we were talking about beforehand. Uh, there's a lot of. Yeah. We're all trying to figure out new forms of technology and uh, yeah, adjust to a new normal at the moment. 
what is your cycling routine like? What does a bike racer do when there are, is no bike racing? Uh, podcasts. Man. <laughs> <laughs> We're just swarming you. Yeah, I've done a couple of these for sure. Um, yeah, a co- couple is an inaccurate count. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, trying to trying to train a little bit. Um, I'd be lying to if I said that the that I had like high motivation to train. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely we're not totally sure what the racing calendar is going to look like and uh if and when it does come back on it'll be, you know, it's down the road here a little ways. Yeah. And um but yeah, I don't know, just trying to engage with fans and uh help keep people positive. This has got to be a new and interesting foray into the job. Usually, you know, I'm sure there are some media obligations or whatever it might be expected for you to do within the team itself, but um, I, it's all being reinvented now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it definitely changes the uh, the job description a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, e-racing is a thing now. Okay. I mean, I guess it was a thing beforehand, but uh, <laughs> certainly more of a thing now when you have when you have all the hit, big hitters on there. Yeah, but I don't know. Just taking it day by day. Yeah, seeing how it goes. I have to ask about the cruelty of earning a national champions jersey and not being able to race with it. Um, first of all, your thoughts on that? Oh, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Um, if there is yeah, no, if there's yeah. no national championships this year, does that mean you get to wear it for another full year? You know, I've heard people suggest that, but um, generally, I, I, I don't, I don't think that's how the world works. Um, you know, I'm not saying that's how, not how USA Cycling works. I'm just saying, I, I don't, I just, I just don't see it happening. I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? But yeah, not like right now. We should have been right, right about now um, racing the Ardennes. I guess yeah. yesterday was Sunday that the Sunday that Liège was supposed to be going on. Um, and that was, that was a big bummer not being able to race, um, you know, being able to race a monument in, oh, the, yeah. in the stars and stripes. You posted, uh, on social media yesterday about your experience with Liège and how absolutely brutal of an event it was. Um, is that something you were, is it something you were tackling as a, as something you really wanted to do especially well with, or is it something that you were kind of using for a build up for something else? Um, I mean, Liège is always a big I mean, the, the whole Ardennes weekend, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to say I go into those things thinking I'm going to win them. Um, but we, like at EF, we have a super talented team and I mean, I have as much experience racing those races as really anybody in the world. Um, I think I've done Amstel like oh, seven times, eight wow. times maybe. Um, and Liège, yeah, seven or eight. Um, so I mean, I have a ton of experience there, and it's just, I don't know, they they really are some of the coolest races in the world. Um, so they're always always a target, so I always show up to those, yeah. going as best as I can. You mentioned virtual racing. Um, uh, I just, you know, as you said, well, I guess it's been around beforehand. Um, we're all finally, I guess it's coming more into prominence right now. Um, what are your thoughts on it, and are you... Um, are you becoming interested in it or being forced to do it? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I've, I'm trying to decide if it's cool or not. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I say that, and I, and as I say that, I don't, I don't want anyone to take my opinion and make it their opinion. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, I can tell you I've jumped into a couple of Zwift races. Um, one or two of them may have been under a pseudoname. Um, so people didn't see me getting annihilated. Uh, <laughs> but from my standpoint, um, I'm here in Colorado. And my trainer is at 8,500 feet. Oh, so, yeah, I'm definitely a, probably a, at least a 10% handicap when you're talking with the altitude and everything. So that's my big excuse for not being good at, at, uh, at e-racing. And that's, uh, that's why you won't see me featured. <laughs> um, so I, I, I like to think I have a good excuse. Well, plus it's such a different style. I mean, how often do you go out and just hammer right out of the gun and race a maximum of 48 minutes to an hour. Yeah. I think the so I jumped in one today. And I think it was a 15 minute race. Oh Jesus. Yeah, I think it was like 104th. <laughs> so, that's fine. In 15 minutes. If it was like 5 minutes, I might I might be in it, but 15 still getting uh getting to be a little long for me. <laughs> but I mean I'd be I'd be lying though if I said I was in shape and felt like a professional athlete at the moment. I'm I'm certainly not in shape. Oh man. It's, it, um are there any thoughts or opinions or divine inspirational moments on you think racing might begin again? Um, I mean, yeah, you've, you've probably seen the calendar that the UCI has put out. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Well, as far as negotiations go, you know, like that's one of those things where they, they come in high Yeah. and then, uh, local governments meet them say something way lower than that you know and then uh, maybe they meet somewhere in the middle so that's uh I, w- I would say it's pretty optimistic the calendar that they have out now um but i mean who knows really really nobody knows i mean at, at that point in time we could be on like our fourth quarantine or something yeah but um i think the bigger challenge is going to be uh you know for me personally uh and and those of us who aren't in europe at the moment um yeah just it's going to be tough getting flying around. I imagine um, international travel. Like I can't imagine they'll, they'll just let us fly from the U.S. to to Europe and just jump off the plane and start racing. Yeah. Uh, maybe they have a quarantine or something, or maybe you won't be able to fly at all. So, who knows in that regard? But yeah, we'll man. see. I, I like to think something will be going on in August. <laughs> but. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe maybe it'll be Leadville and SBT Gravel. Yeah. Those would be, be the kickoffs for the season. There we go. There we go. <laughs> season hey, openers, Leadville. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. That, what a weird thought. Um, so how, how are things happening within the team and the organization and things like that? I mean, you, you it's, a, it's a business model based upon appearing at these events and things like that. And, uh, you know, we hear of some teams who are having to furlough employees uh, and, and things such as that. Um, is there, what's the status with EF? Um, well, so EF is a travel company. Um, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. You know, it's like language learning through immersion. Um, so, yeah, as a company, EF has definitely taken a pretty big hit. Um, and that's, that's been reflected in, kind of reverberated throughout the team a bit but at the same time like we have ef pro cycling like really in a lot of ways understands what 
what pro cycling is really trying to do, which is, I mean, I guess like trying to get people psyched about riding bikes and, you know, create exposure for their sponsors, you know, one through winning races, but also, also through telling stories, um, about, you know, how these, how these races are won, how we get, get to the level that we're at. And then, um, you know, taking our pro riders and trying to help them connect with fans. Um, you know, that's like the whole purpose behind the, the alternative program is really just to help us get out and, you know, bring people to us and us go to the people sort of thing. Um, so like in a lot of ways we're, we're better positioned to, to deal with this as opposed to, uh, I don't know, a team like, well, I don't want to name names, but you know, we'll call them, we'll say like, I don't know, CCC or quick step, you know, it's like, yeah. they, they're, they're very much behind, behind the rope, you know, um, you know, they, they stand on one side of the velvet rope and the fans stand on the other and they go out and do their thing. And then, uh, and that's that. Maybe they sign autographs for two, three minutes at the end. Um, so, yeah, in a lot of ways, we're we're better prepared for this. So, okay. hopefully, that'll that'll help us uh, come through the other side yeah. in, a, in a good position. All right, enough of the depressing stuff. Let's let's get a little perspective here. Um, you being a, a native of Colorado, was cycling always a part of your life? What got you into racing? Uh, my dad got me into racing. Really? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I started riding bikes pretty young. Um, he used to race quite a bit. I guess he still jumps in one every now and then. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just liked going to races. I liked uh, riding with my dad. And uh, once I started racing, I was I was pretty hooked pretty quick. Uh, yeah, just loved going fast. Love the competition aspect. I mean, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of things that I could beat other people at, but. Riding a bike fast was was definitely one of them. I mean, I was I was kind of a runt, but I was I was good on the bike. Yeah, um, your most of your career has been with pretty much the same organization, especially your professional career. Um, so, what is it about that fit that seems to work for you so well? Um, I mean, one, it's like kind of Colorado's home team. Yeah. Um, I mean, now we're we're I guess we're based in Boston, but you know we still have roots here in Colorado. Um, but I, I think really just like the kind of quirky, um, underdog feel that we've always had, um, that that's always really resonated with me. I mean, like, like I said, I grew up kind of a runt, um, and just, just this idea that, that no goal is, is too big, even though no one really sees us as, um, as the ones that pull off the, you know, no, nobody generally people don't see us go into the race thinking like oh EF's EF's the team to beat here um and yet at the same time like we I mean we, we pull out some big wins yeah. um pretty consistently so and with JV the other day coming on well not the other day beginning of the year you know saying that um EF will have a tour winner this decade um pretty a pretty big thing to to come out and just flat out say it for you know especially if you guys say you know you're a team of the you know the underdogs or something like that what, uh, thoughts on on that you know you think you, you think it's going to happen and and who who can we plan on seeing do it um you know i, <laughs> I don't want to bag on jv but i'm pretty sure every team <laughs> will tell you that within 10 years that they're, they're going to have somebody <laughs> win the tour de france um <laughs> 
you know, but at, at the same time, I think that, um, I mean, we've got some big, big, big riders that are, that are just, just kids at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd look point mostly towards the Colombians, uh, Sergio Aguita and, uh, Danny Felipe Martinez. Um, either one of those guys could do a, could do a huge tour. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that they're obvious. The, the successors to the throne, uh, Rigoberto's throne. So, yeah. yeah, let's, I'd like to see, I mean, I'd love to see either one of them do that, but I, I certainly think they can. How about you? What do you personally aim for? What are some of your favorite races that you target and you're going, okay, I want to be up there for this one? Um, man, I mean, if nationals happens, I guess I got to go for that one again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just so I can wear the jersey, yeah, uh, more than a couple times. Um, that's yeah, that's really the one I've I've had on my mind um, recently. So, okay, it's it is it is tough though at the moment with a lot of the U.S. racing kind of fading. Um, have to have to look overseas. So, well, you mentioned the 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 alternative calendar that you've been a part of part of. Uh, with you know with Kansas with Leadville and things like that um so give me some of your thoughts on on this style of racing you know everybody's uh, talking you know we're hearing both positives and grumblings from some of the purists about what gravel is is doing and what what is becoming I'm I'm a fan of it personally and I've competed in Leadville also myself so you know you're not going to hurt my feelings if you praise them but uh, what what are your thoughts on this on this these styles of races and how they're coming into the 4A uh I mean really if more than anything, I've just been like super excited and, and grateful to be a part of this. I, I mean, we keep calling it the alternative program, but it's really just it's just the alternative to you know world tour racing. It's not necessarily uh, I don't know. It's 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 something that people have been doing for a long time, um, but it's been a ton of fun. Um, I mean, this year we were we were meant to do Cape Epic. Uh, and just the preparation and, and all the thought that we had to put into that and just I mean, <laughs> basically learn how to be mountain bikers, uh, in like, a, a basically, I mean, we had roughly less than a month. Um, like, I mean, I, I had all these grand delusions that I was going to ride my mountain bike all winter. And then I remember that it snows like hell up here. Yeah. So <laughs> didn't ride my mountain bike really at all, but no, it, <laughs> Just, just the uh, the whole, you know, trying to figure out how to be a mountain biker. Last year it was like, okay, how do we do this Kansas thing? All right, let's break it down. Okay, it's ten hours. It's going to be super hot. I'm like, well, what the heck? Like, this is nothing like we've ever done before. <laughs> um, so, just having ha- being forced to learn like that uh, has been great for my career in a lot of ways. In that, when I do go back to just traditional road racing, it, it it's it's almost like a, uh, I get to relax again. It's like, oh yeah. It's like I, I remember how to do this. All you got to do is not break in the corners. This is sweet. Like this, this is easy. <laughs> but just being challenged in in new and different ways has has really helped me. So I mean, I'm I'm all for it. My 21-year-old kid caught me on to you got you and Lachlan and and Taylor last year doing Kansas and, and all these races and the videos that appropriate that came about with that. Um, first of all, talk about 
a way that you mentioned earlier about marketing, about keeping the, the message of the team and keeping things going. I mean, they were really, really positive and really interesting and engaging uh, films that you guys did for that. Um, so how did this whole thing kind of come about? You know, a pro world tour team says, hey, we're going to send you guys to these these offbeat races. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, I mean, I think the main goal there was, well was and is is um you know it's you have all the you have more people in america riding bikes than ever before like the partition participation's way up yeah. and i mean if you look at the number of people that watch tour de france every year in the united states that's not really up but then you go to these events like kanza and leadville and i mean there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people out riding and they're not they're not just out riding i mean they're very 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 engaged like they it's a year-round thing it's 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 a lifestyle you know it's like it's who they are they they're bike riders um and they they'd call themselves bike racers and they are um and yet they have no idea you know who who any of us are um they have no idea you know I mean, a lot of them don't even know who Chris Froome is, you know, or Egan Bernal or it's, so there's, there's pretty serious disconnect there. And we were thinking that the, probably the biggest reason for that is, I mean, American sports are just, they're just different. Um, and the, the people participating in these bike races are, they're just different than, you know, traditional cycling fans in Europe. Um, they don't, they don't necessarily want to stand on the side and watch it. They, they want to be a part of it. Um, and so we we're, the idea was that if we wanted any of them, uh, when I say any of them, I mean, most people in America who ride bikes <laughs> <laughs> to follow professional cycling in any way, shape or form. Um, we needed to kind of bring that professional cycling to them, uh, and be a part of what they were doing. Um, and allow them to sort of see what we're about and at the same time, hopefully learn a bit about, you know, what, <laughs> what makes them tick and, um, yeah, just be a part of American cycling again. And uh, so that's, that's kind of what we were doing. 
there's we're obviously the you know the naysayers and the the grumblers out there who are saying you know oh god these these pros coming to these races is gonna you know all of a sudden it's gonna be like a that cool band you knew of before they signed to the big label you know they're gonna ruin it all and and things like that did you get any of that pushback or was everybody pretty upbeat and accepting uh honestly we didn't we didn't get a whole lot of pushback but i a lot of that had to do with one, the riders that we brought to these races, and then two, um, how kind of how we went we went about it uh, when we were in the races. Uh, like for Kansas, for example, it's like I mean, Lachlan Taylor and I, like we've all, I, I would I would be shocked if you could find a, a dirt road within a hundred miles of Boulder, Colorado, that we haven't ridden on. Yeah, um, I mean we've been. We've been grinding the gravel for literally decades. Um, and that's not to say that we invented gravel, but <laughs> there's, there's certainly a, um, an attitude that the three of us share um, yeah. that is you know, shared amongst the gravel community. Uh, and then, you know, so it's not like we brought, you know, a Tour de France winner and decided to just, you know, dork out and crush the crush the race uh and then once once we were there i mean the, our our main objective was less to wasn't really to win it was more to i guess learn um that was sort of the attitude we were going in with it was like what how, how do you how do you do this stuff this gravel <laughs> stuff and how and, and why do people love it um and that's not to say that once we were there, we weren't we weren't going to go hard. Uh, I mean, I died a thousand deaths at Kansas, yeah. but um, yeah, it was it was it was less less about crushing the race and more about learning from the race. Uh, and I I think people respected that. Well, and I I don't know who you know if like I said if if Jonathan just said okay you guys are going or something like that because if he did it was a brilliant decision because the three of you in particular are I and I'm not kissing ass here but I <laughs> I do believe that there are certain people in that you meet in life who and I refer to that they get the joke. You guys seem to get the joke. You, the three of you guys at that event was like, okay, they're here to, they're positive, they're upbeat, they're approachable, and and that's a that's a pretty damn good marketing decision when you're when you're putting a big company like EF on the on the front of that jersey to send it to these new events that people might push back. Yeah, and it is interesting because it is a little push and pull within our organization because it's I mean it's obviously EF's a big company and they. They want to, they want to do a good job from a marketing standpoint. Like they want to, they want to get their money's worth. Um, and then you, have, then you have guys like, you know, me, Lachlan, and Taylor, who are like, probably the <laughs> antithesis of of corporate. Um, <laughs> so it, yeah, it, I guess it took it takes like a little bit of yin and yang like that yeah. um, to make it work. Well, that's what makes it, that's like I said, that's what makes it interesting and intriguing um, because you guys are approachable and you're willing to laugh and, and you know, say some, some fun stuff as, as the things are going down. Um, what are your thoughts on on some of these guys like Pete Stetna, Ian Boswell, of course, Ted King taking on this, this uh, I, I use it in quotations again, the alternative racing calendars and career paths. They're going from a full, you know, Europe schedule to 
you know, 20 days of racing a year. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, I, it's, a, it, it's all spectrums there. Yeah. Um, you know, you have Pete doing these huge training weeks and really just going gung-ho. Then you have Boswell who, I mean, I think he's, I don't know if he's actually, he did Old Man Winter, but I, I think that, that one got canceled, but I, I, I don't think he's done anything else. Like, he's going to get it, and he knows it. Um, so, <laughs> then Ted, you know, the, the OG of, of ruining gravel. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's, that, I guess that's the nice thing about the, the unsanctioned racing in general is it's, it's you know, it, you're going to have guys from mountain biking backgrounds. You're going to have guys from you know, world tour road racing backgrounds. And then everybody comes together and you really, you really never know what, what's going to come out yeah. at the end. I mean, it's on paper, Pete should have won, uh, what was that land run? 100 um he's definitely the strongest guy there and then it's like couldn't keep his gears together is that the one where he got caught right at the end uh somewhere towards the end yeah yeah. yeah. he's doing some walking and stuff but (laughs) i mean yeah it's like with an engine like pete's he got beat by jonathan baker i don't know if you know who jonathan baker is but he was a he was a good road racer in colorado for a while um he's still pretty strong obviously. Uh, but I think he's, you know, in his well into his forties at this point, he's got a big old man, old gray beard and stuff. (laughs) And I beat up on Pete Stetna and I was giving Pete a lot of crap for that. But (laughs) I mean, that's, (laughs) that's gravel racing, I guess, in a nutshell. It's like good, you know, you could be the strongest guy out there and still get whipped up on by John Baker some days. Has it ever been tempting to think about it in terms of going, wow, I could spend, you know, all these months traveling back and forth to Europe and shitty hotels and things like that. Well, maybe I could just switch over to gravel and, you know, race in the States for a couple weekends of summer. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's tough because it's, well, you say a couple weekends of summer and <laughs> really, if you want to, if you want to do it right and if you want to make any, you know, yeah. I guess make a living at it and provide value to sponsors and stuff like you, I mean, you're, you're really running your own business and you're running yourself like a business. Um, you know, those guys have to go out and hunt down every single sponsor that they have and driving around to all the races. And you know, there's more races than, than you can shake a stick at. Uh, at least they were before these, uh, you know, yeah. strange, uncertain pandemic times. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it's it's a lot of work, a lot of hard work, um, and different kind of work, um, and really, it, in a lot of ways, it makes world tour racing look kind of easy. You're like, well, you just go out there, <laughs> you pedal hard sometimes, and then you know, go to training camps, and everything's taken care of, and everything's organized. And when you miss your flight, you just call somebody up and you say, "Hey, I missed my flight. I need a new one in an hour." It's like pretty good pretty pretty good deal some a lot of times being a world tour cyclist um and then at the same time like it's it's fun to be good at something um world tour racing is it's freaking hard it's super dangerous uh it's very doggy dog i mean it's it's the pinnacle of the sport um certainly is but at the same time like i 
and I've got nearly a decade worth of experience doing it. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't have like a ton of wins to my name, but I am U S national champion. And it's like when I get out there and I race in the world tour level, it's like, I, I know what I'm doing and it, and it feels good to be good. So yeah. is what, what else keeps you motivated? What, um, how do you keep cycling fun? Um, I mean, at this point, a lot of it is, um, just the team that we have at the moment. Like we have a really, really good group of guys. We have a lot of fun. Um, and it's, it's just enjoyable to, to race with them. Um, and so that, that, that gets me out the door training more often than not knowing that we'll have a guy like, you know, Sergio Aguita, like in the mix or Mike Woods or, uh, Martinez or Simon Clark. It's like, I mean, a lot of time at, at this point, a lot of it, comes down to me training for them uh-huh. um and then any results that i get on the side are a bit of a bonus personally um and then yeah the alternative stuff that keeps racing fun yeah phil phil guyman i i was reading one of his books the other day i uh, just kind of rereading through it and he talked about the fact that it's that at that level of racing it's not necessarily about the you know the the glory or anything like that sometimes it's just about the camaraderie you build with your teammates and the, and and the experiences of doing all that yeah totally i mean it's you know i hate i hate to use this analogy but a lot of times it's like it's like going to war um i mean you go out there and it's like you fight with everything you have and really the only the only friends you have the only people you have to lean on are your teammates um and that that's a hard thing to find, uh, you know, in life. <laughs> uh, there's, there's just not a lot of super high pressure situations like that, uh, that you get day to day. And that's certainly something that I've, I've been missing when I'm sitting here and in, in uh, stay under a stay at home order. It's like, man, I just want to get out there and like feel some stress, some risk. <laughs> and then, you know, have, have some friends that are going to, you know, help me get through that while we're out there kind of thing. You want, um, you want stress yeah. and risk, just go to a, just go to Georgia and go to a movie theater or something like that. Apparently that's what, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I will say it, it is tough. Cause like here, they're here in Colorado. They say, you know, don't, I mean, really it doesn't matter where you are. Like if you end up in a hospital cause you crash your bike, like you're the biggest, I mean, you're going to look like the biggest dumbass in the world. Yeah. Um, so are you getting out on the road at all or are you just, everything's indoors? Yeah, I've been getting out on the road, but it's been, uh, very, very limited and then in, in like a very safe capacity. Yeah. Um, I've also been running a lot. Oh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty painful, but <laughs> like there's, I started doing it because it's, you know, pretty low risk. Like you're not going to like, you know, crash on the descent while you're out for a jog. <laughs> um, but I'm like, man, I, I really want to just rail some corners right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm glad to hear that because I here I'm, you know, I live in the Northwest and we're getting into the weather where it's beautiful and rides are just calling to you and you want to go out and do a, you know, three, four hour ride for me is, is pretty epic. And, but I keep thinking to myself, God, what if some jackass in a truck cuts me off a little too close and I end up in a hospital? I, I'm glad to know I'm not being overly paranoid for thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, 
as they say, strange times, yeah. strange times. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's certainly more highlighted as a professional athlete. You know, it's like if I end up in the hospital and somebody tweets about it, which they, they will, Yeah. you know, you'd be, you have a, a few negative comments there, but <laughs> that's not the only reason I'm not going out. I yeah. obviously want to be safe, but yeah. Well, the rollback right. would be terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's end this on a, on a, on a happy note. A lot of times I, I like to throw these at you guys, that, that what we call the, the rapid fire section, section. So it's just I have really quick, short answer responses for you just so we can kind of get into the into your mind and stuff like that if you're, if you're up for it. Let's do it. Rapid fire. Right on. Uh, okay. Number one, your childhood hero. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Greg Lamond. Yeah. Nice choice. Nice choice. Uh, number two, dream job if you weren't a cyclist. Um, poor man. I don't know. That's that's what I've been thinking a lot of lately. <laughs> um, yeah. All Might right. be cool to work in a fish hatchery. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's, that's not a lot of risk there, though. No, first fish hatchery. <laughs> first, well, if you could raise piranhas or something like that, you know, that'll add a little to it, but. There you go. Um, number three, arrow bars on gravel. Yes, no, or hell no? Uh, I mean, I go hell no. I just hate arrow bars in general. Okay. <laughs> uh, best day you've ever had on a bike? Uh, best day? Uh, pa -pa -pa. Probably when I won the stage going into Breckenridge at the Colorado Classic. Was it just legs had no pain, everything felt great? Um, I mean, it was, it was like the most planned win I've ever had. Really? I, like I, I, I rarely, I don't know. I just, I, I planned it out like two months in advance and it just, everything just worked. Um, and it was, I don't know. Organization is not my strong suit and to, to be able to plan and execute was, uh, it was a big deal for me. Okay. If you had to be quarantined with three cyclists, who would they be? Oh, three cyclists. Man, uh, Keel Reinen, mm. mm. <laughs> let's go, let's go Phil Okay. and Ben King. Oh, okay. Okay. I, uh, two of, two of the three have had on the show, so I can see where you're saying those guys. So, um, best place to ride, but you cannot mention your hometown. Best place to ride, not hometown. Uh, Fruta, Colorado. Well, okay. I don't know where Fruta is. I'm going to have to get out It's of It's like crazy mountain biking. So yeah. good. Okay. Uh, best before ride ritual? Brushing teeth. <laughs> Most people say like, you know, a specific coffee drink or something like that. You just... Good oral hygiene. I like that. Okay. Yeah, man. Um, best post-ride ritual. Don't say brush your teeth. Uh, handful of gummy bears. <laughs> okay. Uh, beverage of choice. Uh, cerveza. Okay. Any brand? Any flavor? Uh, not IPA. You're not an IPA. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, it's it's pretty out there, pretty open. All right. Uh, favorite band or musician? Uh, the Black Keys. Oh, good choice. Okay, uh, two more. Movie or TV show we should all be watching? 
Uh, uh, just finished Game of Thrones. A little behind the eight ball on that one. But oh, yeah. no, uh, spoiler alert, the ending's terrible. Is it? I've never seen a single episode. So talk about behind. <laughs> I'm way behind. So I haven't. I can't do it. And everybody says if you start it, it takes, oh, you got to kind of suffer through the first two and a half seasons or something. I'm like, what? Just to be able to get up to speed, you got to kind of push ahead. That just doesn't, it doesn't entice me. But okay. Um, <laughs> last one. If you could only have one bike in your house, what would it be? Ooh, um, man, I, mean, I think the one that I ride the most is the Cannondale Super X there, the cross bike. Yeah, yeah. But that's just because I don't have a top stone. So probably the top stone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that one's, that's the next one that's going to come in. Yeah, that's coming. Right yeah. On. <laughs> well, Alex, man, first of all, Thanks for keeping things exciting. That watching that nationals race last year was was awesome. Uh, we can't wait to see you guys in action, and um, I I want to see in the jersey uh, so that you so rightly earned. I'd love to be able to see out there in it a little bit more than just PR shots. <laughs> Are you tired of my PR shots? No, no. I'm just I want, <laughs> I want you to race in the, yeah, in the me, kit. Man. Me too. Me yeah. too. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Who yeah. knows? Fingers crossed. Well, go get him, and, and thanks for getting the joke, man. Yeah, you bet. Take care. See what I told you? The guy gets the joke. He's not afraid to go out there and laugh at some of these things. He's enjoying what he does, and he makes it fun for the rest of us. I, I hope you guys feel the same way about that. So it was good talking to Alex. Uh, man, I hope those guys get to race, and I really hope he gets to race in his national champion's jersey. That's just that would That would suck if he wasn't able to actually get out there and, and represent the Peloton after that incredible national championship ride. If you haven't seen that nationals from last year, go online and find it and watch it. It was a great finale and uh, it was fun to watch and cool to see Alex Don, the Captain America kit himself. That's another episode of the Pack Filler. I think we're going to record one midweek this week just to get another one in the can. The kids home from college because college is now completely online. And uh, I, th I think we should get him on a microphone now that he's a big 21-year-old, as you discovered in our previous episode. So stay tuned for that. Like, subscribe. Is that what the young kids say? Subscribe to the podcast. Be sure and send us your, uh, your, your opinions, your thoughts, things like that. But don't be an asshole about it. Talk to you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.